Welcome to a new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Johnson as he shares another life-changing message. All right, God bless you again and again. We're truly thanking God Almighty for blessing us to be here today. Amen. We're going to get right into our study today. Uh, I don't know which way the Lord is going to take us, but we're going to be in teach mode. Whatever the Lord said, that's the way we're going to go. Amen. So if you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me to uh, Matthew, the 25th chapter. We're going to begin there. God is so good. Let's continue to pray for our people. Uh, of this world, the people of the land, the government, the president, all those that are in authority, the elected officials, that God will lead them, that God will guide them in their business making decisions as they make those decisions that will affect uh, you and I. Let's pray that God will touch their minds, that these decisions that they make will not be a selfish decision that will hurt uh, God's people and the people of the land. All right, so Matthew, the 25th chapter, I want to talk just a little bit about today, starting here in the 25th chapter of St. Matthew. And I want to use for a subject, uh, the writing is on the wall. You are, you that are living here uh, in, in this world, you look around, all you got to do is just pay attention, just look around and you'll see the writing is on the wall. What do you mean by that? The writing is on the wall. When you look and see what's going on in our world, the crime, the violence, all of the disturbances going around, the civil unrest, everything that's going on, you see it, the writing, the writing is on the wall. And what the writing is saying, the writing is saying to God's people, get ready, get ready, get ready. Prepare, prepare, prepare. And that's what the writing is saying. The writing is saying that God, our Lord and Savior, is soon to return. He's looking forward to uh, one day, I'm looking forward to one day of the return of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So the writing is on the wall. Can you read it? Have you looked at it? Are you paying attention? Watch the signs. Watch people. Watch what they're doing. All the stealing, all the murdering, all the, the you name it, what's going on. Watch the signs. People don't care about people anymore. They're shooting children. They're shooting grown people. It does not matter. They have lost their ever-loving mind. Pay attention to the sign when you see these things happening. These signs are letting us know that God is soon to come. He, will, he won't let it go on too long, but God is soon to come. Let's pay attention. The writing is on the wall. So look at Matthew, the 25th chapter. This particular uh, parable, parable of the ten virgin, you read it before, you heard it before, but you never heard it the way I'm going to tell it today. So the writing is on the wall. This particular chapter here is, is letting us know that the writing is on the wall, what to expect, what we're going to learn from these uh, ten virgin. Take a look at uh, 25th chapter. Verse number one, it says this, it said, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins. Okay, y'all see that? Which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. This is a wedding that they're getting 
forward, getting ready to attend. So these 10 versions we have here, and God said, I'm going to liken this wedding that I'm going to tell you about. I'm going to liken this wedding to the kingdom of heaven. Y'all got that? I'm going to liken this wedding to the kingdom of heaven. So pay close attention to what's going to happen in this wedding, during this wedding process. The same thing is going to happen during the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So he said the kingdom of heaven shall be likened unto ten virgins. How many? Ten virgins. Well, what a virgin? Virgins are, are unclean. Virgins can be men or women. I heard one preacher, he read this particular passage, and he was talking about these ten virgins, and he got down, he said, now these ten girls were clean. The Bible didn't say ten girls. It said ten virgins. You know, you got to read your Bible and know your Bible for yourself. So he thought that the virgin would, would be representing just women or, or, or ladies, but these, it said it's that ten Version. They were men or women, whatever they might have been. They were just clean, undefiled. Amen. Hadn't got dirty up by the society of life. So these ten virgins, it said, they took their lamps. Y'all see that? Took their lamps. Every child of God, we got to remember, we got to keep our lamps. And they went forth to meet the bridegroom. We'll read it in its entirety. Then we're going to come back. Verse 2 said, and five of them were what? Foolish. Five of them were wise. I'm sorry. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. Pay attention to that. Five of those versions was wise and five of those versions were foolish. Verse 3 said, They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Think about that. We're coming back. Verse 4 said, But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Verse 5. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. Verse 6 says, and at midnight, oh, who going to be awake at midnight? There was a cry made, behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Verse 7 says, then all those virgins, keep in mind, not girls, just virgins. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. Verse 9. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourself. Verse 10 says, and while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with them to the marriage, and the door was shut. Y'all see that? Verse 11 said, afterward came also the other version, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, verily I say unto you, I know you not. Verse 13 says, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. The writing is on the wall, brothers and sisters. It's on the wall. We just got to pay attention to it. Read it. 
Read it. It's on the wall. Now, when we look at these, these, this parable of the, the ten version, those that five were wise and five were foolish. When we look at this, the writing is on the wall. So what do we learn? What do we learn from this parable of the version? First of all, I want you to understand, uh, we, first thing that we learn is uh, unpreparedness is a terrible thing. Unprepared, and and when you take a look at our world today, and look at our church world, our people, our churches, our brothers and our sisters, and everybody else, they're unprepared. Unprepared is a terrible thing. Well, uh, and and you think about it, most people they're not prepared, and they're not thinking about being prepared or getting prepared. So therefore, unpreparedness is one of the things that we're going to see when the Lord come in his return to take away the church. Unpreparedness. So that's one thing we learn, unpreparedness. Another thing that we learn here is, I want you to understand that a large portion of the church will be unprepared at the time of Jesus' return. That, that's, that's a fact. Look at verse number uh, nine. But the wise answer saying, not so. Well, look at verse number eight. Go there. And the foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil for our lamps are going out. So the foolish were unprepared. You know, when you're thinking about a vacation, when you think about a vacation, what do you do when you go on vacation? Well, you make your arrangement, you call, you make arrangement to get your hotel stay or your motel stay or wherever you're going to be staying. You make arrangement, right? You let them know when you expected to get there, the day you're going to be there and how long you're going to stay. You make arrangement. All right. And not only you just make the arrangement, uh, how long you're going to be there and you stay, of course, you got to do some packing, right? You got to get your lookers. You got to pack your clothes away. What are you going to wear when you get to wherever you're going to be vacationing at? You got to get your luggage. You made your uh, reservation, but also you get your luggage. And not only that, you got to, other things you have to do. You got to, uh, of course, you got to have your resources. Your money's all got to be ready. So that's the way we prepare to go on vacation. We, we get these things lined up. So the kingdom of heaven is the same way, brothers and sisters. Preparedness is a must. We must be getting ready for the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Notice what he said. And the foolish, verse 8 said, and the foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil, for our lamps are going out. So what that tells us right there, that the five that was foolish, they were unprepared. They did not have enough oil in their lamp for them to last until the return of the Lord. So it's very important that we make sure we get enough fuel. We get everything that we need to make this life journey. That makes sense to anybody? And notice what he said. He goes on to the verse number nine. But the wise answer saying, not so. I can't give you out some of our oil, lest there not be enough for us and, and you. You see that? It won't be enough for us and you. One thing about life journey, you got to keep in mind. The Bible says, save yourself. 
Sometimes you may want to save your family. I know when we first get saved coming to the church, we want the Lord, the Lord save us. We want to save our family. We want to save our cousin. We want to save Uncle Billy, Aunt Sue. We want everybody to be saved. But you know what? You better make sure you got enough for yourself. Because you can mess around and lose what you got trying to get the rest of them to where you are. And so he said right here, not so, lest there not be enough for us and you, but here what you do, go yourself and buy for yourself. Go rather to them that sell and buy for yourself. And verse 10 said, and while they went to buy, while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. In other words, they were not prepared unpreparedness. We see this. While they went to get ready, brothers and sisters, when the Lord get ready to come, we're not going to have time to go get ready. God is not going to put a pause on his return until you get ready. When he get ready to come back, he's coming back. He said, behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me. Didn't he say that? So he's not going to put nothing on Paul. Well, I'm getting my life together. I'm trying to get my house in order. I'm trying to get myself together. When the Lord gets ready to return, if you are not together, you're going to be left behind. Y'all follow what I'm saying? So he said, while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they were not ready. And they that were ready, they, they, they went in to the marriage, and the door was shut. So one of the things here, the writing is on the wall, when the Lord returns, there will be unpreparedness. Folks just said, how many times have you heard folks say, well, I'm, I'm going to give my life to the Lord. I'm coming to the church. I'm going to get my life straight. But but I, I'm, I'm young. I had a man tell me that. He said, Thomas, I'm young right now. I want to enjoy myself. I'm, a, I'm young. So you want to wait till you get old and worn out and then come to the Lord. No, no, no. God's not going to put his, put life on pause for you. When the Lord comes, whether you're young or whether you're old, if you're not ready, you're going to be left behind. So unpreparedness is a, is a big thing. And so many of us today, we are we're doing everything but preparing ourselves. We, we prepare for our vacation. We save our monies. We made the reservation. We packed our suitcase. We even got our ticket to get on the plane. We just, we got everything in order. We just waiting for the day to come because I'm going on vacation. That makes sense in the body? I'm getting ready. Well, brothers and sisters, the Lord said, oh, he's coming back for his church. What are we going to do about that? Are we getting ready? So we see that. These five, these ten virgins, five of them was ready and five of them wasn't ready. And the five that were ready, when the door opened, they called the bridegroom is here. They got up and they went in. And the five that weren't ready, what they do? They got left behind. They went to get ready. But it was too late. So what am I seeing today? What is the Lord saying to us today? When he comes. When the Lord appear, those that are ready will go in. Those that aren't ready will be left out. That makes sense to anybody? And so he said that uh, they got up, those that were ready, and they went in, and the door was shut. Verse 11 said, afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. Let us in, Lord. Verse 12 said, but he answered and said, verily I say unto you, I don't know you. So what? Our time to get ready is now. 
It's not down the road when I get older, I don't feel like nightclubbing anymore. When I get older, I don't feel like hanging out and partying anymore. That's not the time. The time is now. The uh, Ecclesiastes said, he said, remember the creator in the days of thy youth before the evil day come. Remember God now, brothers and sisters. When you got life, health, and strength, remember God now. Don't remember God when you get broke down. Oh, Lord, I'm old and feeble. I'm all broke down. I, I need you, Jesus. He may not show up. Because he's going to remember. He's going to remember these things. When you had health and strength, you weren't thinking about me. When you had it all going for yourself, you weren't thinking about me. Remember. God going to remember these things. So he said, he said, the Lord said right in verse 13, he said, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the son of man coming. We don't know when God is going to appear, but I want to encourage you and let you know the day that the writing is on the wall. I don't know when Jesus is going to come, but I know one thing, the writing is on the wall. I can see the signs. I can read the signs when you look around and see what's happening. He said, God got to be on his way back. He got to be on his way back when we look at the sign and we look at what's going on and what's happening. So this particular chapter here, Matthew, the 25th chapter, is letting us know what? What do we learn here? We learn that we learn that unpreparedness, unpreparedness. Just think about it. Are we prepared right now? A man asked a question, a question that a lot of people just uh, have a little problem, a hesitant in answering. And we as Christian, we as believer, we shouldn't have a problem in answering this question. And the question is, if you die today, if you die today, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? Where would you go if you if you died right now? And most Christians struggle with that question. They say, well, I know I, I ain't got everything together. I know I'm working on myself. I, 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 I'm not like I used to be, but I know I'm not where I want to all be. But, but most Christ, Christians, they struggle with that question right there. If the Lord should return today, I mean, Lord, call you home. Say, come on in, Johnson. Time's up. Would you go to heaven? Or would you go to hell? And most Christians would say, I don't know. And that's sad. You should be able to say un unequivocally, you should be able to say, I know if I die, I'm saved. I go to heaven and be with Jesus. That's what every Christian, every born again child of God, you should be able to say that. If, uh, if the Lord comes, I'm going to be with him. I trust him. I love him. I gave him my life. I, 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 I confessed him as my Lord and Savior. I accepted him as my personal Savior. You should be able to answer that question without a doubt. I'm going to be with Jesus. That every, every Christian should try to live their life that they can answer that question. If I go, I'm going to be with Jesus. Well, I don't know. That's all up to God. I, I, can't, I don't really know. No, you got to work on some things. Work on some things. Work on yourself. Work on yourself each and every day. Work on yourself. So what do we learn here? Unpreparedness is going to be plentiful. People aren't ready. And another thing we learn from here, a large portion of the church will be unprepared. Fire was foolish. Fire was wise. So a large portion of God's church and universal will be unprepared. Why is that? Because we're not thinking about, we're, not, we're losing sight 
of the gold. We got to remember our Lord came into this world and he came to save sinners. He came to save us. He came to redeem men, bring us back to God. That's the whole purpose of Jesus coming into the world, to save our soul. You got to keep that in mind. So no matter wherever I go, wherever I'm into, no, it, it don't say we're we getting ready for God. I'm trying to get my life together. It don't mean you put everything on par. You still got to go to work. You still got to do your chores. You still going to Walmart, Kroger, and they'll do, do everything that you do in life. We're still doing that. But at the same time, in my mind, I got God in there. And I'm thinking about when he's going to return to take the church away. Some of these Christians, they don't forget all about God going to return. They forgot all about the Lord coming back one day for his church. That's not on their mind. What's on their mind is enjoying themselves, going off on vacation, just having a good time. That's all on their mind. But look, brother and sister. Some of them were wise and some of them was foolish. So what we learned a large portion, I hope you not in that section, but a large portion of the church will be right now unprepared at the time of his return. What else we learn? What else we learn from this parable? We learn that Christ will not wait until all the churches are prepared for his coming. He will not wait. Well, I got to wait because a church in, 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 in North Memphis is not quite ready. I got to wait because I got a church in Florida. I got to wait because my church in Philadelphia. I got to wait because my church over here is not ready. I got a few saints that are coming in, giving their life to God, but they're not quite ready. I can't come now. Not so, not so. When the Lord get ready, he will return. And those that got oil in their vessel, they will go in. And those that ran out of oil, they will be left on the outside. And what we're looking at right now, there's a lot of folk that you know and I know that ran out of oil. Can you say amen, somebody? I hope and pray you're not one of those that ran out of oil. So we got to make sure you got to get enough oil in your lap and, and enough to last and go to distance. We don't know when he coming. When we get to say, well, he, I'm not saying he coming tomorrow. I'm not saying he coming next week. But what I'm saying is you got to be ready. You got to be, you got to get your house in order. You got to get, you got to be packing your suitcase. You got to get your ticket. Can you say amen, somebody? You, you got to get everything lined up because we don't know when God going to make that call. The writing is on the wall. You know now what we learn that a large portion of the church would not be ready and Christ will not wait. Wait, Lord, I'm almost, I almost got myself together. Wait, Lord, I almost got rid of all of my bad habits. Wait, Lord, God will not wait. Brothers and sisters, now is a time where one man told me, he said, while the blood is running warm in your veins, the time is right now. Now is the time to get our lives together. The long suffering of God leads to repentance. So while the Lord hadn't came, he allowing us time right now to get our houses in order. Can you say amen? Now is the time. The Lord will not wait until we get ready. That's what we learn. All right. Five of those virgin were wise and five of them were foolish. What else did we learn from this This passage of scripture? What we learned about the virgin that, that when the Lord returned, when the Lord did come, when he opened the door in verse number, uh, verse number, look at this. Six. He said, and at midnight, this Matthew 25 and 6, at midnight there was a cry made. 
And the cry was, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. What we learn from here, what we learn from here, that these versions, these versions, they were all surprised. And that's one thing about the church, one thing about God's people. When the Lord returned, you and I, we are not supposed to be surprised. You're supposed to be waiting, watching, and looking for the return of the Lord. But half the church going to be taken by surprise. Oh, Jesus here? Oh, oh, I, I, I ain't quite read it. You're not supposed to be surprised. Don't get so into whatever you into. Don't get so into yourself. Don't get so into what the world is doing that you are surprised. Oh, he here? He here already? Oh, I just got to get a few things. Now, have you ever picked up somebody and, and they wasn't quite ready? Oh, oh he here? Let me let me get let me get my shoe. Let me get my coat. Let me. I got a few things. I'll be out in a few minutes. God's not gonna do that. The Lord's not gonna do that, brothers and sisters. So these versions were taken by surprise. I'm going to show you in a little bit that you and I as a children of God, we are not supposed to be taken by surprise. So we learn what we learn. Unpreparedness is a terrible thing. We don't want to be unprepared. A large portion of the church will be unprepared at the time of his return. The church will not. Christ will not wait until the churches get prepared. And some of those virgins, they were taken by surprise. That's what we learn from Matthew. Let's go a little bit further, if you will. Turn with me to the book of St. John. St. John, the 14th chapter. I want to show you something there, what the Lord said. The Lord said right here in St. John, the 14th chapter, verse 1, 2, and 3. That's all I'm going to bother you with. But he said in verse number 1, he said, let not your heart be trouble. Y'all see that? Now, we look at a lot of things going on in this world. So much going on sometimes. It, it, it seems to trouble by mind, your mind, everybody, or, or all the things that happen in life. I, I was just blown away the other day. I just heard on the news. We know about all the killing. We know about all the shooting, all the robbing, all the bad things that's happening. And, and we know about black on black crime. It's sad. Just the other day, we saw the news that this man was leaning out of his car, shooting at a, a 18-wheeler as it go by. Just taking, he just, you got a good picture of him leaning out the window, cigarette in one hand and an Uzi in another hand, and he's just going to spray the truck as it drove by. Our world is so messed up. But the Lord said, let not your heart be troubled. When you see these things, the handwriting is on the wall. What is that saying? Time is winding up. Folks are so evil. They are so full of the devil. They're so full of drugs and the things that they shouldn't be filled with. That the, the devil is, is in charge. And, and the devil, he's in control. And he's in control of their mind, their action. And got these folks doing some of everything. The handwriting is on the wall. And when I see it, I say, Lord, I, I, I see what you're talking about. So the Lord said, let not, verse 14, chapter 14, verse 1. He said, let not your heart be troubled, Johnson. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't worry about it. He said, you believe in God, believe also in me. This is what Jesus said. You believe in God. That, that's the question there. You believe in God? Jesus trying to tell his audience, his people. You believe in God? Yeah, I believe in God. How many of y'all believe in God? Y'all believe in God? I believe in God. Well, Jesus said, believe in me. If you believe in God, 
Jesus said, then believe in me also. And verse 2 said, he said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, you may be also. Now, what do we learn from that? What do we learn from chapter 14? One thing I learned, the Lord said, let not your heart be choked. Don't you let all this stuff upset you. All the things you see in life that's going on, don't you let it upset you. With the government going crazy, the people going crazy, don't you let this stuff upset you. Don't let it upset you. Y'all follow what I'm saying? And then he said, now you believe in God. Yes, I do. We believe also in Jesus. In verse number two, said, he said, in my father's house are many mansions. So what do we learn from that? In my father's house, there are many mansions. When I looked up that word mansion, we all heard of mansion. There was so-and-so, so he bought a mansion. Shaq bought a mansion. Michael Jordan bought a mansion. This NBA player bought a mansion. This football player, NBA, whatever, he, he bought a mansion. Oh, she live in a mansion. Oprah lives in a mansion. We, what is a mansion? A mansion is a, a, is a large house with many rooms. Y'all follow what I'm saying? That's all it is. It's a large house with many rooms. And this is what Jesus said. In my father's house are many mansions. There are many mansions. There are, there, there, there are homes with, with lots of room. And if it were not so, I would have told you. And so the Lord is getting us ready to let us see here what, he, what he's all about. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. Now, I don't know about you. We don't want to be unprepared. We don't want to be in that crowd that a large portion going to be a uh, 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 surprise. In my father's house are many mansions. I don't know about you. There's a room in the father's house for me. There's a room. I have a room inside that mansion. See, there's enough room in there for all of us. I don't know about you all, but they got a song that I got, I got, I'm going home to my mansion in the sky, to my home in the sky. I want my room. That's why we're preparing ourselves. We're working each and every day, getting ourselves together. Because he said, uh, in my father's house, a mini mansion. And a mansion is a huge house with many rooms. I don't know about you, but I want my room. One song, we're going to move upstairs. I'm going to move upstairs, up there, in my room, up there. I don't know about you and I. This is why we have to prepare ourselves. I'm working hard each and every day because I want to move in my room up there. Folks forgot all about that room. They got their little room down here. They ain't thinking about the room up there. <laughs> they worry about that little room here. This room here will not be, cannot be compared to or equal to the room up there. And so the Lord said, in my father's house are what? Many mansions. A house with many rooms. I want mines. Somebody said, I want mines. Amen. If you don't want yours, I'm sorry. Somebody else can take it. He said, a man in mansion, if it was not so, I would have told you. And verse 3 said, and I go to prepare a place for you. I'm going to get that room ready for you. So we got to keep in mind as we do our daily chores, where we, we do what we do, our life, our occupation, keep in mind, he said, I'm going to get that room ready for you. When I get it ready, then I'm going to come and get you. The writing is on the wall. And we, as a God's people, sometimes we forget all about what the purpose is, what the goal is, what the coming of our Lord uh, uh, was all about. We think we just forget about it. 
the devil get us so busy that we just forgotten all about the things of God. But he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. So now keep in mind, what do we learn? Now, this is a prepared place. It's all fixed up. It's all fixed up. It's prepared. But now it's prepared for a prepared people. This room is not for people that's not prepared. You, as he prepared the room in the mansion, the room is in the mansion. So uh, you got to be prepared to go into the room that's in the mansion. You, you, you just can't go up in here. We can't let everybody go in. Everybody just can't go in. But it's prepared. It's for prepared people. Y'all follow what I'm saying? A mansion in the sky for a prepared people. All right, come over with me further. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. So what do we learn in chapter 14? We learn that a mansion is a home with many rooms. And this, this is the hope. Keep this in mind. This of the hope of all believers to make it, to make it in my room up there. This is the hope. You want to make sure that you are able and ready to move into that room. This is our hope. What, what else did I come to church for? They ain't come to church for no whole lot of money because there ain't no whole lot of money around church now. What else we come to church for? I ain't come to church to let you see my suit because it, it don't look all like that. Amen. So what else we come, what do we come here for? We're coming here that we might make ourselves ready for that room that God had made for us in heaven. Go with me a little bit further. Jesus, God wants to bless you so he really wants you to have this, but you can't have it. You can't have it if we are not prepared. If we unprepared, we can't have it. Turn over in St. John. St. John, the 17th chapter. If you turn over a few pages. St. John, the 17th chapter. I'm going to show you how bad Jesus wants you to be in heaven with him. St. John, the 17th chapter. He really wants you there. And, and I, I hope y'all want to be there. I want to be somebody. Says, I want to be there. Uh, I want to be at the meeting. So listen to what the Lord said in St. John, the 17th chapter and verse number 24. Jesus is talking to his father in heaven. Jesus knows he got a place in heaven by the, beside the father. He's going to be glorified. But look at St. Uh, John 17, verse 24. Listen to what Jesus said right here. He's, he's talking to the father. He said, Father, I will. That they also, you have to pay a close attention to it, you might miss it. He said, Father, I will that they also, who are they? You and I. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me. See what Jesus, what the Lord going to be? He's going to be in heaven. And he said, Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me from the foundation of the world. So in Jesus' prayer to the Father, he said, Father, I will. When, when Jesus, I will, that means it's in his will. It's in God's will. It's in Jesus' will that you and I join him up in heaven. I don't know about you, but you cannot join him at this great celebration if you have not prepared yourself. Can you say amen to somebody? I don't know about you, but I'm preparing myself now. I have a standing invitation by Jesus himself to meet him there. Yes. Hallelujah. The writing is on the wall. I have an invitation. You have an invitation to join Jesus in heaven at this great celebration. There it is right there, verse 24. Let's read it again. He said, Father, 
I will that they, you and I, also, whom thou hast given me, he gave us to Jesus, be with me. You'll see it where I am. Wherever Jesus is, he said, Father, I want them to be with me. Wherever Jesus goes, he said, Father, I want them to go also. And I don't know about you, I want to be with him. Wherever Jesus goes, I go. If he want to walk on the water, Lord, I'll walk on the water too. <laughs> that's what Peter said. Peter said, Lord, if that's you, let me come out there. Jesus said, come on. So wherever Jesus is, he's inviting you and I to join him up in heaven. But we got to remember, we got to stay focused. Don't lose focus because a lot is going on. A lot is going on. Don't lose focus now. He said, I, I, follow, I, I want them to join me up in heaven that they might see me in my glory. See me as in my glory which thou hast given me for thou loved me from the foundation of the world. So, brothers and sisters, it's God's will for you and I to join him up in heaven. Are you going to be there? Are you going to answer that invitation? That he made an invitation to you, an invitation to me to join him in that great celebration. Somebody say amen. amen. The writing is on the wall. I'm almost done. Look, my last scripture. We rolling this morning, y'all. Look at this right here. First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. Now, here's the other thing now. Remember those virgins, those one that was wise and those that were foolish. They were surprised. They were surprised. You and I are not supposed to be surprised when the Lord returns. You and I are not supposed to be surprised at all. The Bible said Gabriel going to blow that trumpet when he, when he blow that great trumpet. You're not supposed to be surprised. Uh, you're supposed to be ready. Jesus said be also ready. He said watch and pray. Y'all hear what he said? He said, watch and pray for you. No, not the day, nor the hour. Are you watching? Are you praying? I'm not talking about watching TV now. I'm not talking about watching the news, watching the talk, watching all that mess on TV. But are you watching for the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? We're watching some of everything. But I don't know about you. But I'm watching for the return of the Lord. The sign, the writing is on the wall. I'm watching. I see what these folks are doing. I see the direction our world is going into. I see the corruptness that's in this world. I see men that are corrupt. I see women that are corrupt and want to destroy this world. I see men and women want to destroy the churches. I see that they don't want us to be uh, the people of faith. They want us to join them in their perverse way. I see the handwriting. It's on the wall. I thank God for Jesus. I'm preparing myself. Now look at Thessalonians. Thessalonians, the the that's right, that's right. Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. I want to show you there that the church is not supposed to be surprised. Now the fifth chapter, Thessalonians, in verse number one. Check these words out. Check these words out. Five and one. Paul is talking to these Thessalonians. 
He said, he said, but of the time, see, we don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know when the Lord is going to come, when he's going to split the sky. He said, but of the time and the season, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. So what did he say? What we learn here? He said, but the time, whenever he get ready to come back, you don't need me to write and tell you what time it is. And then the season, you don't need me to tell you it's going to, it's going to be well time or summertime or spring. It does not matter. The time or the season don't matter when the Lord come back. When he return, the thing is that you be ready. The thing is, when he return, you be prepared to meet the Lord in the air. So of the time and of the season, brother, you need not that I write unto you. But verse 2 said, for yourself know perfectly, you know perfectly that the day of the Lord so come as a thief in the night. So what do we learn there? Yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord, the return of the Lord, will come as a thief in the night. Now, let's take a look at that. A thief in the night. Now, we live in daytime now. All thieves don't come at night. Keep that in mind. Because some of them, they break in your house in broad daylight. But but normally, a, a lot of burglary, 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 it happens at night when people are perhaps away from home or at work. Uh, you know, at a time where the owner of the property might be gone. Y'all follow one? That's that's the concept of this right here. He's not saying that he the Lord gonna return at night. He may come daytime. He may come early in the morning. He may come noon. It may be come late in the evening. It may be midnight. We don't know. It may be three in the morning when it comes. We don't know, but the time is not important. But what's important is our preparedness. That's what is important. So Paul said, the time and the season, you need not that I write unto you, for you know perfectly that the day of the Lord come as a thief in the night. And the idea about the thief is the thief always come um, when we least expect. Y'all follow what I'm saying? That's the idea. That's the concept here in verse 2. We don't know when the thief is coming. He come when we least expect. When we let our guards down. When we are when we are not expecting a burglary. We were not expecting. Man, I wasn't even thinking about it. I wasn't even thinking about it. I never will forget when we stayed in Frazier. I had Lots of tools, toolbox, and everything, and moving from one location to out here in Frazier. I didn't know how bad it was. And I left my toolbox in the back of my truck. And I left it in the back of my truck for, for days, weeks and days, and nobody never bothered. So it, it always was back there, my tools and their wrenches and everything. But one day I got up and I went to my truck, and my toolbox was gone. Y'all follow what I'm saying? When I least expected it, it wasn't on my mind. I wasn't looking forward to it, and, and they wasn't even think. I thought nobody bothered right in the back of the truck, and the truck was in the driveway. So this, the concept of verse two is that for you know that the day of the Lord come as a thief in the night. The concept is that the thief will come when you least expect it. When your mind is preoccupied with something else, when you when you when you're not thinking about, that's when they pop up. And do what they do. So the concept here is Lord returning is that He gonna come when He folks mind ain't thinking about the Lord. Your mind is on whatever you doing. Your mind is on your vacation you got set up. Your mind is is on whatever is on. And that's when the Lord gonna pop up. 
But now he gonna it's gonna be surprised. Remember those five version, ten version, five were wide, five were full. They were surprised. They was they were surprised. But here the idea is that you and I are not supposed to get so busy in life that we are surprised by the return of the Lord. Don't get so busy that in your mind, I didn't say you can't do things, don't do things, do what you gotta do, but still keep in mind God coming back. He coming back for me one day. He coming back to save us one day to get us out of this old mean, mean world. That's a concept that we all keep in our mind. And don't let the devil, no matter whatever goes on, don't let the devil get your mind so cloudy that you lose focus of that. The Lord is soon to come. All right. Verse number three said, for he said on seven, he went on to say in verse number three, he said, for when, when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction come upon them as, as travail upon a woman with a child, and they shall not escape. So when, when they think that everything is secure, when they think all is well, all is good, and, oh, ain't nothing going to happen, everything is just fine, hunky-dory, then that's when the Lord going to pop up. Never gets too comfortable. So this is what this verse is telling us here. Don't get too comfortable. Don't get too comfortable. Don't you you never know you don't don't have your shoes close by. And somebody said you might have to sleep with your shoes on. A fireman can't get too comfortable. Oh yeah, they they spend the night, they live at the fire station. They live there, right? They got beds in there. And they cook there. They're just like a home. They got the bed there. They, they go out and buy food. You see them at the store buying their grocery, go back and, and put everything in the station. They live there most of the time. But they got their boots ready. They know, don't know when a fire is going to break out. They don't know when the phone is going to ring. And they got to get up in so many minutes, jump in those boots, jump in those clothes, and jump on the fire truck. Because they got to go and put a fire out. Can you say amen somebody? They can't get too comfortable. Everything will burn down. Everything will burn up. They got to be ready. Readiness. Readiness. Be prepared. Be prepared at all times. Your boots close by. Some of the saints, they don't got so comfortable. They ain't opened the Bible since we've been out of church a year or something. They got so comfortable, the Bible was on the table. Don't know where is that now. Dust or got on. Open that Bible up. Don't get too comfortable in this world. Don't don't forget to pray at night. Don't forget to, to look to God. Don't forget to call out God's name. Sometimes you just gotta cry out to God. Don't get too comfortable. Keep your boots close by. Can't say amen, somebody. Be ready to, to jump on the wagon, jump on the fire truck, put this fire out. So that's what we learn here. For they shall say, when peace and safety come, then travail. But look at verse number four. I'm almost done. He said, but you, brethren, brothers and sisters, you, I'm talking about you all now, the church, the church family. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. You, you brothers and sisters, you are not in darkness that that day that the coming of the Lord will overtake you as a thief of the night. You will not be surprised when the Lord cracked the sky. You will not be caught off guard when God returned to take the church away because each and every day we're looking for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Why would you be surprised and you watching? If you watching, you'll see him when he comes. The handwriting is on the wall. Were you watching? No, I, I, I just, I just took my eyes off it for a minute, and uh, 
and, and then it happened, you wasn't watching. Got a guard over here. You stand guard while the rest, rest of us get, get a little power nap. Enemy, see enemy coming to the camp. You you sound the alarm, wake us all up. All the rest of the men, they sleeping. Close their eyes for a few. And then the guy that's watching, all of a sudden he gets sleepy. And he closes his eyes for a few. Then hear the enemy coming to the camp. Just wipe them all out. Were you watching? Well, well, I just close my eyes for a second. No, you don't do that. Now, when you're on guard, God's people, the Christian brothers and sisters, you cannot close your eyes for one second. We cannot give the devil not one inch. You give him an inch, he'll take a mile. And this is what happened to the church of the day. We have closed our eyes for one second. And the devil trying to take over our life, trying to take over our children, trying to take over you just for one second. You can't give the devil no room. And that's what the church has done. We have gone to sleep and the devil taking over. The devil taking over. We trying to wake up, but it's about too late. They done got your children and they all crazy. And that's all he want. That's all he want. They want your children. They won't worry about us old heads because they ain't going to change no way. <laughs> I'm going to get their children. I'm going to change the generation. Get the children. Change them. Or them old folk, they've been praying, reading their Bible for years, and you ain't going to stop them folk from praying. They're going to pray till they die. So what we'll do, we're going to attack their children. we can close our eyes too long, and the devil coming after our sibling, coming after our children, our children, children, destroy them, and get that generation. Then we'll have a generation that won't pray. We'll have a generation that don't want God, a generation that, that look to the government as God. There ain't no God. The government is God. Listen to what he said. But you, brother, you are, you are not you are not in darkness, are we? Are we in darkness? The church are not supposed to be in darkness. You are not in darkness. That that day should overtake you as a thief. And verse 5 says, you are the children of light. Y'all see that? What kind of children are we? We are the children of light. That's what God people are. The children of light and the children of the day. We are not, are not of the night nor the darkness. Keep your eyes open. Keep watching. Keep praying. Pay attention. Look at what's happening. Sometimes we don't know what's going on until everything done blowed up. What happened? Child, this 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 thing was it was mounting up and mounting up, and he just started mounting up. It's been mounting up for a long time. Pay attention. He said, we're the children of the light. That's why Jesus said, watch and pray. Y'all said, watch and pray. We're the children of the light. The children of the light. And, and you know, when light on, you see everything. Roaches don't come out till the night. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Roaches come out at night. You flip the light. They be trying to go everywhere. Go here, go on there. They're trying to hide. Because they don't want to be seen. They know they're going to get squashed. Right? Stepped on. Spray on or something. So we are children of the light and we're supposed to see what's going on in this old mean, evil world. And that's what Paul, that's what he's saying to these saints here. You are the children of the light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. So what we learn here, unpreparedness is a big thing. We need to be ready when Jesus comes. We don't want to be like the church. They, a large portion of the church going to be unprepared. Pray. Watch fast that you do not be part of that portion that's going to be unprepared. You don't want to be part of that portion that's going to be surprised. 
We want to be part of the people that I'm looking for my mansion in the sky. I'm looking for my room. I'm working hard each and every day for my room that the Lord has stored up for us in the sky. Give the Lord a hand praise. The writing is on the wall. God bless you. We thank God for our service on today. I hope I said something to encourage your heart. Pay attention. Watch. Watch now. Watch them. Watch folks. Watch people. Don't let them fool you, children. Don't let them fool you. Because the devil trying to fool you. Don't let them fool you. All right? Don't let them fool you. Watch. Keep your eyes open. When you see something crazy, you know that's just the devil. Don't let them sneak, don't let them slip up on you. All right, so we thank God for our service on the day. May I hope I said something to encourage your heart. God bless you in Jesus' name. This- Thanks, Pastor Johnson, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all-new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Until then, remember, encounter Jesus, echo hope, and dwell in love.